Well, hello, everyone, and God bless you. This is Pastor Paul. Thank you so much for being with us today. Last week, I went to the store to get a few things for the house, and I noticed that they had watermelons. And being the fruit lover that I am, I decided to get a watermelon. So I get this watermelon home and of course, the boys are excited because we haven't seen watermelon in a while. And my youngest son cuts the watermelon and I get a piece and for some reason it just did not taste right. Well, my wife, who is very wise and knowing about these things, says, why did you get a watermelon? This is not watermelon season. And I said, well, they're selling watermelons. How are they getting them? How are they growing? Where are they coming from? How do they do that if they're not in season? It, it must be okay because they had lots of watermelons at the store. And so I tried this watermelon, and of course, it did not taste right. It was not sweet. And she's sitting there watching me as I'm trying to enjoy this watermelon. And she looks at me and she says, can I throw it away now? And I said, yes. Well, I had had enough. Well, I love fresh fruit. And if you've ever had something that was not ripe or rotten, it made you appreciate a good piece of fruit even more. And what we want to talk about today are the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit must continue to grow. They must flourish. They need to stay fresh and always be ready for use. In the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, is where we want to begin reading today. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this means that there is never a bad time, a wrong season. It's always a good time, the right time to have and to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in every situation, in confrontations, even in disagreements, in the midst of your disappointments and frustrations, even when persecuted, in the good times, and the bad. And these are just a few things that may test the condition, the validity of your fruit. The first fruit of the Spirit mentioned, of course, is love. Well, let's consider the opposite of love. The opposite of love is hate, resentment, neglect, apathy, and revenge. And if these, these things are in the heart of a believer, Houston, we have a problem. Whether it's unforgiveness, jealousy, no matter the reason, it needs to go in Jesus' name. Failing to love goes against who God is. The Bible says God is love. Now, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. 
haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Oh, God doesn't hate the person. He hates the sin. So we are not to hate people, but it's okay to hate the sin. And I want you to check your basket today and see if, if there is love. Is there enough love? And is it at the top? In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, without love, we are nothing. The next thing I want you to check is your joy. And we know the opposite of joy is misery and woe. Misery is that great unhappiness, extreme pain of the body or mind, wretchedness and distress. Woe is grief and sorrow. And for many people all around this world today, this pandemic is causing misery and woe. But the spirit of joy overrides anything and everything, whether internal or external. Joy is not the absence, it's absence of suffering, but the presence of God. So if you need more joy today, go to the source and go to God. Next, the opposite of peace is fear. Fear. I remember when my daughter was, our daughter was four or five, we were in the kitchen and she was playing in the middle of the floor. And my wife saw her following a little spider who was crawling across the floor. And my wife screamed and said, there's a spider. Get away from that spider. So my daughter learned to fear spiders, not that there was something wrong with the spider. The spider wasn't poisonous. The spider wasn't harmful. But fear is false evidence appearing real. Carl Augustus Manager said, fears are educated into us and can, if we wish, be educated out. The Bible teaches us to fear God, which means reverence to God alone, and do not fear anyone or anything else. Fear says give up. Fear persuades people to quit. But peace reminds us that God is in control. Well, the next fruit is called goodness. This is not to be confused with a, a seasonal fruit, and there are no seasonal fruits of the Spirit, but the opposite of goodness is dishonesty. It's dishonor, immorality, and wickedness. A lack of goodness will cause all types of problems in your home, on your job, even in your church. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. But the reason someone believes, rather be the reason, you be the reason. Someone believes in goodness. Next, the opposite of faithfulness is, of course, unfaithfulness. It's disloyalty. It's disregard. Someone quoted, there's something wrong with your character if opportunity controls your loyalty. 
And I read somewhere that we make about 35 decisions every day. In many of our decisions, we choose whether to be faithful or unfaithful to God's word. So ask God to inspect your fruit and guard your fruit. The next fruit, gentleness. The opposite of gentleness is to be harsh and rough, cruel or severe. And this could mean talking to people instead of communicating with them. Could be talking down to them, demanding to be heard while refusing to listen, being overly critical or condemning. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Last but not least today, self-control. A lack of self-control is self-indulgence, instability, agitation, and rashness. And it seems as though people don't know how to behave or, or how to act. When is the last time you saw someone lose control? Maybe they lost their temper. Maybe they attacked someone verbally or physically. People lose control of their tongues when they gossip, when they lie, falsely accuse, or slander. It was Winston Churchill who said, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the fruit to be in operation, to be in control at all times. Not having self-control can be destructive in so many ways. A lack of self-control causes people to say and do anything. A lack of self-control will allow people to go anywhere, drink anything, smoke anything. But true godliness, self-control, includes both right actions and right motives. Read Matthew 5-7. It's a heart aiming to please and glorify God. It's the product of the Holy Spirit. It changes the heart from stone rebellion and unbelief to warm-hearted faith and love. So when the Spirit of God is dwelling in the believer's heart, it produces a love for God and others, as well as a desire to deny sin and self in order to please God, Romans 5 and 5. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8 says, and this gives us a list of things that we should pursue that reflect our godly character. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. John 15 reminds us, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me also, as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, keep us close to you. Keep us in your presence that we would have good fruit, fresh fruit. Lord, help us to be fruitful in all that we say and do. Make us clean and prune us for your will and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before I, I close today, I'd like to tell you a story. A woman had just returned to her home from an evening church service when she was startled by an intruder. As she caught the man in the act of robbing her house, she yelled, Stop! Acts 2.38. Turn from your sin, is what it says. But the burglar stopped dead in his tracks. Then the woman calmly called the police and explained what she had done. As the officer cuffed the man, he asked him, Why did you just stand there? All the lady did was yell a scripture at you. Scripture, replied the burglar. She said she had an axe and 238s. Well, just in case you were wondering, Acts 238 says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God bless you today.